Hey everyone, welcome to BU Only Better or BYOB Audio. This podcast was started to help listeners like you find a way to be your best self but not change who you are. We want you to be the best you while on your journey to a happier and more fulfilling life. Tune in to hear personal stories of how people face their fears and overcome their struggles to become a better version of themselves. Thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of BYOB Audio. Last time we had Nessa, a licensed professional counselor who shared with us the importance of not just maintaining your physical health, but your mental health as well. It turns out even counselors have stress too. So tune into that episode for her strategies on mental stress relief. Today, we are featuring someone who I personally follow and find amazingly inspiring. I can't wait for you to hear his story. His name is Adam Lucille. He is an after-school director for the Head Lee Boys and Girls Club in Odessa. He's also the tennis director and high-intensity interval training instructor at Odessa College. At the fragile age of five months, Adam was involved in a car accident in West Odessa, which has confined him to a wheelchair. However, confined is not how he lives his life. He has learned to use his disability as a tool to teach and speak to his testimony, inspiring others to live a better quality of life despite life's hardships. Adam played Division I wheelchair basketball for Oklahoma State University and after high school returned to Odessa to pursue coaching. He is one of the only two wheelchair tennis coaching professionals in Texas. He plays wheelchair tennis on the wheelchair circuit and actively participates in local 5K, 10K, and half marathon races. He dedicates much of his free time to helping other locals in the same circumstances adapt to their new lifestyle through fitness and exercise. He's in the early stages of farming a 501c3 named and pass a project dedicated to this mission. So without further ado, Adam, welcome to the show. Hey man, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. I'm super glad to have you. Thank you for your time. Go ahead and take a minute, fill in the blanks here. Man, that's a lot to take in. So you you have a lot of experience. Obviously, you were super active and very athletic. So a couple of things that I wanted to kind of delve into was, you know, hey, you're saying you don't live your life confined. And then also you're, you're starting this 501c3 with a mission. I would like to kind of get a little more details on that. Let's then share that with our listeners today. Like you said, I try to stay as active as I can. Being in a chair, it's really important that you, again, engage all the muscles that you can. You don't want to get lazy or get or get complacent with what you have. I mean, when, when you get overweight, it's harder to do everything in your chair. So that comes to transferring in your vehicle, to a bed, to the shower, whatever it may be. That just kind of makes life harder. So the more active you are, the easier life is and the better quality of life. It's really important that I stay moving and stay going at all, at all times just for that purpose only, just to have a good life, not much less my my goals and my, and my actual things that I love to do, right? So I'm very competitive, a fierce competitor. So um, I have a bunch of personal goals that I have and, and things that I've, I've told everyone else that I wanted to do. Those are another another realm of motivation to, to moving and staying fit. But just my basic health, like I think that's one thing that we're all concerned about right now is, you know, being healthy and making sure that we're concerned with our health, our, our self and self-care. And yeah, so there's there's just one level of taking care of myself and then there's a whole nother one as, as far as com- competitiveness and, and having fun, things like that. Yeah, man, that is awesome. So tell us just a little bit more briefly about the Ann Panza Project. What is, what's the mission there? I had planned to call it Project Adapt and Achieve and that was my mission. It's still going to be my mantra. The motto is still adapt and achieve. I'm still going to use it all the time. I'm still going to use the hashtag. I think I've hashtagged it over. 2000 something times, I think it's oh, the other day. So, and Passive Project, it, it translates to adapt 
and I didn't want it to segregate or to, to count anyone else out. I wanted to be available to everybody, and I feel like adapting is, some, is something that we all have to do at one point in our life when we encounter an obstacle, whether it's, you know, fighting obesity, uh, depression, maybe PTSD from, you know, someone coming overseas, you know, fighting for our country, uh, as well as maybe someone that's been incarcerated here in our homeland, and, and it's just adapting to everyday life. Uh, adapting is something that we all have to do at one point in time, and I want to help people do that. Man, that is awesome. That is an amazing mission. Man, I wish you all the luck and success with that project, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, that's a huge undertaking. So, hey, as all of our listeners know, we always start our show with a unique shot of wisdom. So what do you have for our listeners today? As, as you mentioned, I'm a coaching professional. I teach, I teach tennis, and I coach tennis at Odessa College. And it's something that I've, I've found that I've, I guess that I have most expertise in. I can't say I'm like the, the professional, I'm not the guru, but about nine years of experience. And I think for someone my age, that's a lot, that's a good bulk of my life. You know what I mean? So I like to think that I've, I've learned some things and uh, the, the most consistent thing that I've found out with, with all of my clients and I have a, a, a range from clients age four to 84. I have an 84 year old wow. client and she beats, she kills it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's awesome. She's, yeah, she's so competitive. And I have four year old clients who are just starting in, and we work with balloons and, and felt balls, things like that. So I have a broad range of clients and broad range of people that I work with. They're not all in wheelchairs. I don't, I only have a couple wheelchair people that I work with. They're most able bodied people that I, that I coach, um, just FYI. But because yeah. I found that as patience, patience is key. Um, um, the, if you think about life, life is a long game. And, and the, just in tennis that I showed you from four to 84, that's a, that's a huge gap, right? So oh, yeah. there's things that, that the four-year-old is still learning that the 84, 84-year-old maybe have not learned yet and vice versa, obviously, right? So it's just there's something to learn every day. And if you approach every day with that mindset, you're going to learn it. Okay. But if you, if you start the day with – thinking that you already know everything there is to know and that you can't be helped by anyone else but yourself, then that's, that's not how it works because there's so much to learn from everyone else every day. Yeah, man, that is awesome. Actually, um, something that I've heard was the two most dangerous words said together is I know, right? Right, yes, yeah. yes. I'm guilty of it too. I say it all the time because I think that I've gone through these circumstances other people haven't. But there's older people before me that did it too. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. they, they can only have that much more experience. Hey, very cool. Now that, you know, our listeners have a little more insight on you and, you know, your mission, everything that you're up to, we're super interested in stories here. You know, all of our listeners, what would you say was like your biggest struggle and kind of what was going on around that? And, you know, ultimately how you overcame it. My biggest struggle, I would say was accepting myself for who I was. You know, I was injured, like I said, at a very young age, five months old. I grew up in a wheelchair. I had my first wheelchair when I was four years old. Imagine your entire childhood, but just, you know, in a chair. So everything that you, all those first experiences, you know, elementary school, PE, uh, you know, playground ball, all that stuff was in a whole different perspective for me. I was, I was looking at almost from the outside in. And, um, it was uh, it was hard to kind of accept that that was my reality, and I I saw other kids get hurt at school. You know, somebody would break their leg or roll their ankle, they'd get in a cast, they'd move on. You know, what I mean, I, I was a kid, I was naive. I some for some reason thought my 
injury would just kind of wear off in time, right? Like I was just hurt pretty bad. Perhaps maybe in high school when all my all the good stuff happening, maybe I would just kind of get up one day, you know what I mean? I'm healed, right? So I didn't understand the severity of my injury, you know, at a young age. So I had to look at it at a different perspective. And I got rudely awakened when I when I became aware as I gained, you know, knowledge and I became became more mature. So I feel like I grew up way quicker than most kids. Um I've gotten, I've been told I have an old soul. I think, you know, way far in advance versus, you know, what other people do, you know, just because I have to consider all the things that I, you know, almost like you did prior when we were talking about, you know, accessibility, if I'm going to be able to fit where I, you know I mean? I think of that stuff way before I even plan a trip, things like that. So, and that's just kind of what I've always, you know, went through as far as struggles. But I feel like the biggest struggle was just, not accepting myself again, like I said, like um, I thought that because because of the way other people perceive me, maybe because I because they didn't think I could do as much, uh, I wasn't as capable as this, you know the the able bodied person that that I had to live up to their expectations, and uh, that was the, that was the probably my turning point when I realized that that wasn't that wasn't the fact. I realized that that was a struggle that I faced, and and but. Because I was facing that struggle externally. Yeah, you can see my my disability, but other people have internal ones that you can't. And there are far more people like that than there are like me. So I had to realize that my struggle is a little bit more unique. A lot of people don't have that, but internally I'm golden. I'm fine. I'm completely acceptance of where I am. Does that make sense? I I, completely self-aware of, of my situation now. And when I realized where I was, it's almost like you, you started over. It was like a new chapter. Right. And, and you left all that, all the hopes that you had, the unrealistic hopes, you know, behind, you know, and not, not, not that bad that you had those hopes. You, of course you want those, but you got to realize what's able, what you're able to attain. So when I realized like, Hey, yeah, I, don't, I can't do this and I can't do that, but I have all this opportunity that I still can do. So let's, let's, let's strive for those goals. I might be in a wheelchair. Well, let's be the best wheelchair dude you can be. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? And that's kind of the mindset you, that you have to attack with no matter what situation you're in, just be yeah. the best person, be the best version of yourself, which is pretty much what your podcast is about. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Do you remember when, I know you kind of mentioned briefly that you had a turning point. Do you remember when like old you were, whenever you really just uh, had that self-awareness? Yeah, probably in uh, junior high. I would okay. say junior high athletics. Uh, it was really hell-bent on getting into athletics. I wanted to be on the basketball team. My, my passion is basketball. I love basketball. I wanted to be on the basketball team or football because I like contact sports. I'm aggressive. So. Yeah. Right. So I wanted to do <laughs> One of those things, and that's where all my friends were. You know what I mean? All my friends were on those teams, and they did athletics. Even if I was in JV, I didn't care. You know what I mean? I just wanted to be a part of a team. I was kind of the first kids of my kind that came through in a chair and wanted to be involved. You know what I mean? And it really wasn't like that. And the school staff really didn't know how to handle it. I mean, they were nice, of course, but because of like, as an adult now, I understand liability purposes. You couldn't have a wheelchair kid out there running over kids, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, I understand now as a, again, as a professional, and that was probably really hard to tackle at that time, you know what I mean? In the early 2000s or whatever. So, um, but they were really adamant on trying to get me to play like band or like 
art or yeah, do like, something else. You know, yeah, mariachi, guitar. They were really yeah. pushing me into all these different things, which almost engraved that chip on my shoulder. Like, you know what? No, I'm not going to go that route. You know what I mean? I'm not going to do what y'all think I, I should do. You know what I mean? Just because of, of what you see. And uh, I knew that I, I had these capabilities and I knew that I was able to excel in athletics, but I just had to give I just needed the outlet. Yeah. And uh, luckily I, I kind of thought about tennis. I had played some tennis before as a, as a kid, but um, I never, I didn't think about it as far as liability wise. I was fine. I, there was no kids on my side of the, the court. You know what I mean? So it's not like I could hurt anybody and what's the worst that could happen. Right. So I kind of put them in a, in a rock and a hard place. So they had to, had to go with it. I played, I played tennis all through, through junior high. So, and it eventually ended up in a career, you know what I mean? Again, because I was persistent and I wanted, you know, more. So I feel like that was a huge turning point in my life when I, you know, again, despite all the adversity and despite the people telling me what I should do and what was probably best, um, I went, to, I went to the path less traveled. Yeah. So one thing that you were saying, obviously, this is a huge struggle. You're, you know, very different case. And, you know, some people really didn't know how to handle it. Did you have anybody that you like turned to in feelings that you were having? Maybe some anger or resentment like towards, you know, them not wanting you to play. Maybe you were also the whole accepting yourself. You know, I know that was the time that you said you were trying to accept yourself. You know, that's a lot of emotion, you know, especially uh, in junior high. Did you have like an outlet, like somebody that you turned to help you with that? Uh, aside from my parents, I know uh, my parents, but my parents were amazing. Yeah, they they did absolutely everything they could to make sure I was in the right spots in the right time when I could be. Again, we weren't the the, the wealthiest family, but yeah. um, when when my dad could take a weekend off, it was spent taking me to basketball practice in Dallas or something. You know what I mean? Uh, it was we didn't have any adaptive sports here locally. So all that stuff was, was done from afar and, and we had to travel for those kind of things. So um, again, they did everything they could to put me in a position to succeed and to excel. If I wanted to, if I expressed my interest and um, I'm sure if I wanted to play band, they would have took me to concerts and stuff too. You know what I mean? So yeah. just kind of what I, what I wanted to do. And again, they were huge, huge in that for me. So that's something that I, someone who I always turned to mom was always great for that. Dad always took, you know, again, the, the male perspective really well. I have an older brother. He's 11 years older than me. He's actually a, a teacher. So um, he was always, again, that, that third, that third parent figure um, taking care of me, giving me advice. So again, I had a real close knit family. It was so hard. It was so hard to find, find people like me or people that had been in that path of a huge life switch or a huge life change. You know what I mean? Especially at that age, we didn't have social media or we didn't have those things to just go out and search for. At that time, aside from my family, I felt really alone. You know what I mean? So it was huge for me to branch out and to kind of show everyone else that I wasn't going to, you know, let that physical barrier of what people thought of me, you know, get in my way. Yeah. So it sounds like you were honestly super self-motivated in terms of overcoming that type of struggle. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So what, what would you say was like a source of your motivation? The reason I keep asking is, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with accepting themselves. A lot of people live lives because, you know, society tells them that they should be a certain way. And, you know, for you, especially, it's not the case. And I would say for me too, you know, I, I try not to bend yeah. to what society says is the norm, you know, just because 
that's why, you know, um, I, right. I'm a big believer in you should do what makes you happy. That's kind of why I'm, I'm kind of digging in a little bit more in, um, yeah. you know, how, how did you become so self-motivated to accept yourself? So there's, we all have, we might have to search to find them and I, I can, I know I'm going to say this and people can quickly say, well, no, but we all have those people that care about us. We all have those reasons, those reasons that why we're here, literally our family, the, the people who brought us here, why are we in the place that we're at, like the physical place? So I feel like we owe it to either the people before us, the people that struggled before us, whether it's not family, the people that have gone through those same struggles before us. We owe it to them to be better versions of ourselves. So I owe it to my parents. My parents, again, like I said, they put me through everything they could. So what, now that I reach adulthood, I stop. You know what I mean? That doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Same thing for my family. I, I do it for my family, for my son. Yeah, yo, my son, I want to be able to, once I'm old and gray, I want to be able to show him all this stuff that I did. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's for them. It's for the legacy that I leave. It's for the people that are going to, that are going to be, you know, here when I'm gone and say, wow, Adam did this for us. Look what he did back then and look how we get to use it now. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those seeds that you plant at the moment, hope in, in hopes that it'll provide shade for someone in the future kind of there you thing. go yeah yeah and it also sounds like you have the if i can do it you can do it mentality and for an egotistical way I, i've always been again very chip on my shoulder you tell me i can't do it i'm gonna go do it five times better yeah right <laughs> right i've always been that type of guy so that's another version of self-motivation that i've always had especially if it's you know you know sports or things like that or you know things in my job or i'm very competitive at work too yeah. So it's, you know, I, re I really like to be right on it on my on my game. If that's not firing me up at the moment, if I'm not competitive at the time, if I'm lazy, I think back at like, yo, somebody's watching me some somewhere. You know, somebody's gonna reap the benefits of what I'm doing, whether it's not me right now, it might be later time. Yeah. So obviously, you know, you're super self motivated and you love helping people. Take us into a time in your life whenever you realize that you were wanting to start helping other people. You know, I know you got past the, you know, self acceptance. And once you get past that, you usually try to help other people get past that as well. So take us to that moment in your life whenever you know, you realize, hey, this is my passion. And this is what I want to do. What was that moment for you? I started putting out a bunch of content just of my feelings in my, my everyday workouts, like eating habits, uh, again, exercises that I did, things about my wheelchair. I started getting a tremendous feedback. People, you know, let me know that they liked either what I was doing or they, they, they got something for it. And it was a huge reward, not so much for, again, the attention, but the fact that I was helping out someone else just in basic everyday life skills. You know what I mean? Like I was making their life easier and, uh, and I was doing, and I was doing that, you know, two or three people at a time by one video that I put, that I posted. So yeah. I just kind of thought to me, like, if I can do this by the masses and instead of those two or three people a day, I'm helping 20, 30, you know what I mean? And then 200, 300, I just want to make it as big as possible. You know what I mean? So, um, that really, again, it really uh, gets me excited. I love when people tell me that they, again, I'm sure you could relate when people tell me that they've gotten, you know, good feelings or good reviews from your podcast with the content that you post. It's just a rewarding feeling. And I, I love being able to provide that for the people that kind of follow my, my journey. Awesome, man. So especially in times like this, life always has its ups and downs. I think it's extremely important to always be positive 
and to be excited about something, even if we're going through hard times. Can you go ahead and share one thing that's got you most intoxicated about today? What are you excited about? Most intoxicated about today, I'm excited about my personal growth. I feel like right now everyone's looking at our this pandemic and everything that, you know, the shutdown, everything that whatever everybody's going through, everybody's looking at it real negatively. Yeah. And with with a closed closed tunnel vision of, of what the media wants, you know, to show and portray. And I feel like I'm looking at it in a whole other perspective. I feel like it's almost uh, a cleansing period for me, like not only metaphorically, but, but literally, like I'm going through all my documents, all my old pictures, like yeah. I'm, you know, I'm cleansing. Like after this, it's going to be, a, it's going to be new and refreshed. So right. um I just, I'm going to work out more. It's more time to exercise. It's more time to spend time with my family. It's more time to, again, do things around the house, catch up on things that I would have never gotten to do. And again, I think it's a whole nother re-energizing kind of period for me versus <laughs> something that's where everybody's calling a quarantine. And, and that sounds so negative. Yeah. Right. Back in the house, right? No, like cleansing, refresh, you know what I mean? Like think of positive words, you know what I mean? And, I feel like that's kind of what's intoxicated me right now is just the, the chance to the extra time that I'm going to get to put in myself and my family. That's really yeah. exciting. Right now. Man, that's awesome. I, I love that. I love that you're working on yourself. You're trying to make everything better. Honestly, the way that I've taken this moment in time is just a time of reflection. Yeah. Take account of everything that you have. Count all your blessings and your burdens only make you better. Alrighty. So now it's time for our sips of success. So quick questions. Okay. Um, who's your biggest hero? That's such a huge amount of respect for my parents. Of course. And I think to say anyone else but them would be almost disgraceful. You know what I mean? Because they are the reason why I'm here, literally. And uh, But I feel like I owe so much to them, what they did for me. But also, if you look at my life in perspective, they, they are the ones that, that gave me my, my mentality, my mindset, right? So um, I feel like because of how they raised me and how they approached the world and all the facets that we had to do, you know, doctor's offices, schools, you know, the way they approach things is the way I approach things now. So I feel like I owe that mentality and, and actually everything I am to them. So I would have to say they're my heroes as far as someone to look up towards or or who I would like to be like as a person. Man, that is awesome. Well, shout out to your parents for yeah. doing an amazing job, man. Thanks, man. I <laughs> appreciate you. Shout out mom and dad. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, next question. So uh, what's your favorite way to de-stress? Favorite way to de-stress, man, I got a lot of things to do. I'm, again, I'm very active. Even though that's what I do when I want to be really competitive, I still, I love, uh, basketball is so stress relieving to me. Uh, I play tennis. I love playing tennis. I'm not very much of a gamer or anything uh, that keeps me inside. I used to be able to watch movies, and now I like just fall asleep. You know, I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting down. When I'm sitting down longer than an hour, man, I'm just kind of passed out. So that's, I mean, that's kind of stress relieving naps, I guess. But I mean, I, uh, I'd much rather do some cardio or something that's got vigorous sweating. You know, that really is is stress relieving. I always find that people who are trying to make the world a better place, your mind just kind of keeps going and going and going. And right. Yeah. Yeah. You need something, you need to do something. It just gets your mind off those things, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You have to have your kind of outlets of fun and everybody has those things. And I, I've I recently found that running was so, again, I say running, every, I, people always try to create me. Oh, you went running. Of course it's not. I don't go running. Pushing, yeah. whatever you want to call it. So, hey, that's still work. Right. That's so such a stress relieving thing for me to do, especially if it's like a nice day or like you got a nice place to go. 
it's so fun to go out there and just kind of explore somewhere where you would never go. You know what I mean? So, right. and you're out there and I like going, I hate, I hate going practicing on a track, you know what I mean? Cause you can see your car and you can just quit at any time and just walk out to your car. I like going out, you know, far that way you're forced to come back. You know yeah. I mean? so yeah. You know, it's a journey and you know, you're kind of in it for the long run. You know what I mean? Right. So you gotta be invested in it. So that's what, again, is stress relieving for me. Awesome, man. This question right here is actually the one that I was really most interested in what you were going to answer. We were talking about your struggles, but there's got to be a really crucial piece of advice that helped you through a tough time. What would you say was the best advice that you got whenever you were going through you know, your tough time? Be okay with being yourself. A lot of people think that, you're, that who you are is inadequate, um, maybe for, for, what, for whatever reason, whether is because you're you're you know you're applying for a job you don't think you're you know going to be best for or like a few months ago in February I gave a TED talk speech at uh, at the Globe Theater and the people that I was speaking with I I got the I got the list and one of them was a doctor and the other one was some, some professor and the other one was a speech therapist I'm like wow these people have so many you know what I mean so many accolades and so many titles and I felt, I felt like, yo, I'm just a butcher guy who has a story, right? <laughs> right. So, you know, I wasn't, I, I didn't feel like I was supposed to be there, but w- what they had in scholar hours, I feel like I haven't experienced and, you know, and, and it was okay to be myself. And that was why they wanted me there. Not because of, of my chair, but because of the experience that I had and, and without, me being myself, I, I wouldn't have been qualified to be there. And it, and the the easiest thing to do is to get lost and try to mean someone else. And it's and it's so it's tiring because you have to remember how to act like that. You have to remember what persona to put up. You have to remember how you're supposed to act in in certain places. But if you're yourself all the time, and it's, it's so easy, you don't have to do anything. It's just. Man, you took the words out of my mouth. That's perfect, man. I love that. If there's anything that our listeners are going to take away, just that piece of advice of, you know, just accepting yourself and being yourself. I think that's one of the most important things about life today, right? Yes, sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead and share one of your personal habits that help you be your best self. Okay. That's a good one. I'm a big planner. I keep a daily log of all the stuff that I do. This one's pretty cool. It has like a self-reflection time to kind of reflect back on your week. But as, you, as y'all can see, like I'm a big doodler. I draw yeah. all my notes. Hey, where can somebody find one like that? Cool. This is actually called the Passion Planner. Yeah. And shout out to them. We need to tag them on this. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, the Passion Planner, it comes in like three different sizes. Okay. It comes like a small one if you want to put it in your little bag or like a, a, like a medium size one. I got the biggest one. Because I have big hands and I write huge. <laughs> I have a regular planner. It doesn't have that reflection time thing. I think that's oh, awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, this guy's reflection time. It's got like a to-do list, a, like space for notes. It's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and yeah, so I've, I've used this for about a year now. I write in it all the time. And it's, it's almost to where like sometimes I'm doing something that I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Let me go look at my planner, right? So I, <laughs> it's, I depend on it now. So that's something that I've found that's vital for my success is when I plan things out. Not only to not forget them, but to ensure that I do them and hold myself accountable. Right. If, I, if I write it down that I'm going to do it, then it's more likely that I'll achieve that versus just kind of thinking about it and it's just another afterthought. Another thing is, is cardio in the mornings. Uh, when I have time, if, I, if I'm up, I like to get up and do it. It's really easy for me to just sit on the couch or lay in bed and just stroll. 
social media. But if I'm up, I would rather get up and spend that extra 30 minutes doing cardio versus just laying around and, and, and being lazy. I feel like that kind of pumps me up um, and it kind of gets me ready for the day. I know that whatever I do that day at work is not going to be as intense as how hard I went that morning. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, kind of like I'm ready for whatever now if I already did that. Awesome. It sounds like you plan your days ahead and you start your days with cardio. So that's a great way to start any day. I'd say it keeps you sharp, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. All right. Last sip of success. How do you define happiness and success? I think happiness is success. And a lot of people think that they're two different things. I I feel like people think that you can't be happy if you're not successful. And, and it's really the other way around. There's a lot, I feel like there's a lot more happy, happy people that make $50,000 a year versus happy people that, that are millionaires. And, mm-hmm. and that's just because those people are doing what they love every day and they're filling their, their time with things that they enjoy versus people who are chasing success or where they, they think it's just monetary value or, or, or stature or fame. And, and they're really filling their time with stuff that they don't want to be doing. So I feel like happiness is, is finding the thing that, that you love to do each day, whether you're getting paid for it or not, and, and being able to do it. Whether it's on your off time, um, you, don't, you could be a postal worker and still be completely happy, but because on your off shifts, you get to go and, and do yoga, yoga thons or something. You know what I mean? It's, I don't know, but it's, you, don't, you don't have to be this huge triumphant entrepreneur millionaire to be successful and happy it's 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 your own it's your own realm everybody has their own version of happiness and once you find it every day and you're excited to wake up is when you reached it awesome i think we think a lot alike and that's amazing man yeah man yeah so you have a consistent theme and all the questions that we answered first you know you said self acceptance is extremely important And then you also said happiness and success is just doing what makes you happy in terms of doing what you love. And I think that's part of accepting yourself. So, and I think that you have definitely demonstrated, you know, self-acceptance and doing what you love. And I think that that's something very valuable that our listeners can take home. So we are approaching last call. If you could share maybe some parting piece of advice and the best way that people can connect with you. Again, I would just kind of advise everyone to be patient right now. It's a tough time. Uh, everyone's in the same boat though is what you have to realize. Uh, I know it's an area of panic, but I feel like it's uh, when you sit back and, and realize that we're all in the same boat, we're all on the same ship and, and we're not going to get there um, without each other. It's, we, it's all, we're going to arrive at the same time. So we got to just kind of patient, wait it out um, and use this time as personal growth and self-reflectance and, 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 and use it optimistically. I feel like that's really key to this, right now and how we're going to kind of end up uh, feel like where it's going to be very obvious if we just kind of were lazy um, this whole time. And, it, and when we all back to go back to work, we're going to be looking 20, 30 pounds heavier, right? It's going to be right. very obvious who was doing what during this. So I advise everyone just to stay on top of your game. Um, find a, find a, a schedule, even if it's, if it's something silly, get up at a certain time uh, every day, even though you're in quarantine, get up at a certain time, find a schedule within yourself at the house, um, a certain lunchtime, designate times for that to keep you in routine. So that way when we get back in track, you're not out of whack and you don't want to be those people who are just trying to 
chase normality back in the time. You can always reach me on my Instagram. Instagram is going to be the best way to reach me. It's Adam underscore underscore Lucio. It's just my name with two underscores in the middle. And uh, I'm on Facebook at Adam Lucio Adaptive Athlete. And my page has one too, is Ampassive Project. So you can find all my updates and my things that I'm, I'm keeping up and doing there. Okay, awesome, man. That that is great. So, one quick question though about that Ampassa project is yeah. that already established or is that in the process? Of- it's in it's in the works. It's in the works. Okay. We I've, I've already done a bunch of again. I've already done a bunch of work within the community, and I'm doing some speaking yeah. that I kind of you know relay back to that. But I'm just kind of waiting. I don't know how long it's going to take. All right, very cool. Well, we'll make sure to put all this in the show notes so that we can find Adam if you're trying to reach out to him or if you want to help him on his mission with the and passive project that's going to go ahead and and conclude our show here yeah adam i can't thank you enough for your time and especially for your words of wisdom and i think the listeners today were very very pleased with the value that they were able to get out of you cool man thank you so much it was a pleasure thank you for tuning in to another episode of byob audio we hope you found something valuable from the story shared today make sure you subscribe and share with someone who may need to hear something from this podcast we'll see you next time but here's to you and your journey to a happier and more fulfilling life cheers